What's up, guys? And thanks for watching our Holiday Cartridge Talks series. We are excited to bring you our first ever limited edition Vortex Nation podcast hoodie. If you're watching on YouTube, it's the one I'm wearing right now. Now, we only made 99 of these things. So when they're gone, they are gone. Click the link in the description to get yours. Thanks again, and enjoy the show. Happy holidays, everybody, and welcome back to our Holiday Cartridge Talk series. Gentlemen, we have a cartridge here today before us that we're going to talk about that's been requested very often, mm -hmm. many, 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 many times. A cartridge that at one time we had slated for episode 300. Oh, yeah, that's right. Did, uh... I, did I just give it away? Yeah, we goofed that one up. What happened? Well, so there's a tie-in though. We had a video that a different video that we needed to launch. Alders to Alpine, a Kodiak Blacktail Bonanza. I suggest you watch it. It was excellent. You can watch it on our YouTube channel if you haven't. Good if watch. you have, watch it again. I don't know. I liked it. I was there. Probably have a uh, personal affinity bias for it. In that video though, Ryan, here's the tie-in. It's a loose tie-in. The cartridge I hunted with. Yep. Can't believe I touched the stuff. A 300 Winchester Magnum. Was that a backup gun or something? What's wrong? What happened? We just wanted to use a different rifle. Oh, okay. Uh, it was actually it was a Nosler rifle, and this was the Nosler ammo that I put in it, uh, shooting a 180 grain Nosler Acubond, one of my favorite bullets. I do like the Acubond. And here's the, the recovered bullet right here. So there. That's pretty special. There's your loose tie-in. But, uh, Ryan, this is, uh, this is a cartridge of the 60s. Like many of the cartridges we've been talking about. Yeah, we didn't on... plan that thematically. Like no. it, just, it just happened that way. Yeah. And it really led me to believe. I'm like, whoa, were the 60s like a magic era Dude, of cartridge development? Dude, there was a lot of stuff going on in the 60s. Oh, that's <laughs> well, a, I know that. That's a definitive heck yeah. Oh, I, mean, I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the 60s. But there was also just seemingly a lot of innovate, like rapid Innovation was, in the 60s. Was it just a, like uh, like technology, industry, kind of like hitting like a, a magic moment where, wow, we can really do these things right now? Or was it just an interest in shooting because of uh, a period of time? I think that and mind-altering drugs, Mark. Okay. That's a loose tie-in, but I support that theory too. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you know, that's a great question. You know, we're, we're off of the Great War by a couple of, couple of years and... Whole bunch of cool stuff, industry, like you said, material sciences psh, ramped up. Maybe it was just that that period between 1938 and 1947 you know, was the dark ages, so to speak. And so innovation was halted, perhaps. Like bigger fish to fry? Correct, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, but there was, there was a lot that happened in there. There was. Out of pure necessity. I mean, in fact. And a lot of it was like, how do we turn this toaster into a gun? Yes. I would turn the sewing machine the, into a gun. The only thing I could think of right there was an M3A1 grease gun. Uh, yeah. I know. How do we turn this car muffler yeah. into a gun? My my grandfather was in uh, Korea, and he's not a wasn't a gun guy. This is my father's father. And he asked me, he's like, I had a gun when I was in Korea. He goes, I don't really know how to describe it. And I'm thinking, okay, well, he had, a, he had an M1 Grand or something. And he's like, you know, it was small. It was just pretty lightweight. Fired a big bullet. I'm thinking, what? And he goes, you know what it looked like? He goes, it kind of looked like a grease gun. <laughs> and I'm like, that was an M3A1 grease gun. You just named it by yeah, name. <laughs> correct. Yes. 
And he's like, that sounds familiar. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, he had an M3A1 grease gun, um, which was the, to- the toaster turned into a firearm. That's super neat. Um, that was wild. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, out of the 60s, we produced a, a lot of really, really good rounds for hunting, mm-hmm. rounds for competition, uh, rounds for personal defense, firearms. Like, it was a, that was a great period of firearms innovation, 50s and 60s. 1963, to be exact. In fact, mm-hmm. yeah. Could you or would you say this was uh, Winchester's answer to the 7mm Rem Mag? Yes. Yeah. It was late. They, they, should, have, they should have been on the ball with this earlier. Mm-hmm. But they, they weren't. I, I, don't, I, I don't know why. I'm not a Winchester buff. But a cartridge like this... Had existed for a long time. 1925, we saw Holland's Super 30, uh, or the 300 H&H Magnum. Okay. Which was kind of apparent to this cartridge. Very long, slender case that resembles the Washington Monument with a belt on the bottom. The 300 H&H. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, full-length cartridge. So, it would fill up the entirety of a full-length action, right? 30 caliber, 180-grain bullet. You know, 150 to 250 feet per second faster than the Ot 6. Uh, okay. Speed Demon, right? So we're north of three with that projectile. Um, great round. A beautiful cartridge. Still is today. And this, I always looked at the 300 Win Mag is like the modernization of cartridge design for the time. And we took the super successful uh, 300 H&H and we gave it a new profile, new mm-hmm. shape, smaller case, a little more efficient, fit it into a different action length. And we get Magnum Performance, the 300 Winchester Magnum. Arguably one of the most successful cartridges of our time. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, yeah. it, it sits with, uh, I'd say, very, uh, what's the word? Like, not good company, but like, it sits at the top with just a like, handful yeah. of cartridges. I, that yeah. Are, yeah, I usually think of like ubiquitous cartridges in America, at least, and it's like 223, 308, 30-06, 300 Win Mag. Yep. Yeah. Amongst amongst probably a couple of others, handful right. of others, but yep. like it's it's in there. It's a short list. Of Every one you listed there was were the ones I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it it's a, a fantastic versatile cartridge. Uh, factory offerings, you know, you can get into the 150 grain stuff and be totally adequate for whitetail or pronghorn and mule deer and factory stuff up to the mid two or well low twos, 200, mm-hmm. 200 to 210 grain stuff, 212 uh, from our friends over at Hornady. And wildly successful cartridge. It kind of does everything. It's on the top end of excessive for some things. Like it's arguably overgunned for whitetails and pronghorn. But as Mark likes to say, you can never kill something too dead. Mm. Well, and you know, if you're looking for like a do all killing yes, stick, that's that's a good one. You're going to contend. Its versatility is yes. I would say nearly unmatched. You're going to contend with a fair amount of recoil. Because it's a 180-grain yes. projectile into the 3,000-foot-per-second territory and, and over that line. And so it's a it's a spicy meatball, uh, but golly, can you do anything with it? He's I mean, got mag in the name, so you kind of expect it. Um, the lump of coal next to this is a recovered 180-grain Acubon, correct? Correct. From yep. a, uh, a Sitka blacktail that you had killed. Mm-hmm. And that was a mostly frontal shot, right? Yep, hard quartering, too. I think I hit him, you know, probably... Point of the shoulder. Yep. 
found that projectile actually in my house when I was doing final processing. Of yep. it. I was like, oh, what's this little treasure? Uh, in the uh, man, right in, right in the uh, right in like the, that ball socket joint of mm. the uh, you know, I guess you know that quarter or off back ham, and uh, it was cool. We weighed that the other day, Ryan. Yeah. And I, I also of note, shot that deer at like sixty, yep, to eighty yards, yep. somewhere in there. Very close shot. So he took, Woof. he took all of it. Oh yeah. And uh, I think it was like one thirty, a one thirty uh, grain recovered projectile. Fantastic mushroom, I would say. Deer dropped. In, I mean, dude. I imagine it was like an accordion. Yeah, that's what he I just, picture. As he just well. collapsed. Yep. It, was, it was done. I yeah. picture like a brief black hole. So let let's say, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's say Mark, you had gone up there with a little bit more time on your hands, and let's say you wanted to hunt. Can you hunt black bear in the fall up there? So yeah, in a different region. Okay, but yeah. So mm-hmm. let's let's say you went on the Alaskan safari and you decided you were going to hunt moose, caribou, blacktail, black bear, brown, brown bear, bear, doll sheep. That's the full compliment. Sure. What? What a trip! I know it. That would that would be the one gun you'd have to bring. Mm. That's it. Yep. It's very true. And and you'd be able to contend with a long range target just as well as you'd be able to contend with a short range one, mm-hmm. as evident. Ammunition availability is exceptional. Mm-hmm. It's a cartridge that's been around longer than most of us combined. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's versatility. From a hunting perspective, or even just really just a cartridge perspective, is is tough to beat. It's seen uh, military and law enforcement use. Absolutely, bring that up, yeah, absolutely, and that bodes well for its popularity, right? So this, Always. when the seven six two by fifty one millimeter NATO cartridge, aka three hundred eight Winchester, on the commercial side of things, um, was the gold standard of sniping. Mm-hmm. A, a void was left unfilled, and that was what happened between that cartridge and 50 BMG and effectively the solution, right? This is extending terminal window on in that application by considerable, considerable over the distance. 308. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, does so handily, um, really quite a wonderful round. I can't believe we've done three belted magnums so far. Right. The belt is just starting to look like a normal bringing, thing. To me. Bringing I'm the just, belt I'm gonna back. Start, I'm going to start thinking it's weird when I see cartridges without them. I know it. Ryan, you know, one of the things we brought up, like when we talked about the uh, 350 Remington Magnum, we talked about the oddball gun that it was released in, you know, with the 600 series. I'm curious, like, we don't often talk about this with with other cartridges, you know, unless it unless it's like a point to be made. But, like, with this one, any idea, like, what the initial gun was that this would have come out in? Winchester Model 70. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I was thinking. The rifleman's rifle. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, you, that that is... I mean, plug and play, you've got something that so many people already are looking for. Yep. So. And then adoption th- throughout the world yeah. in turnbolt rifles, right? I, I, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I, I would challenge you yeah. to find a rifle manufacturer that doesn't chamber a rifle in 300 wind mag. Yeah. Freaking Browning BLR comes in a 300 wind mag. Absolutely. It's the biggest thing it comes in. That's fun. It's a, and it's a great cartridge. I have one. It's great round, great rifle. My father told me he's going to go elk hunting. And I said, all right, well, my dad's not much of a gun guy. I thought, well, I kind of probably owe him for 
the sins of my youth, so to speak. So I was going to get him. Like, Ryan, you can't continue to carry this guilt with you. The the full compliment of... He doesn't, he doesn't control you anymore. Well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> he called me last night to tell me where I need to be to go cut up trees. So uh, From 342 miles. Anyway, I saw... I, I was, we're talking about guns, and I said, well, what does everybody in your hunting party have? And I was expecting it to hear a whole bunch of seven rem mags because his, his buddies are those kind of guys. They fit the bill. Yeah. <laughs> and it was... What? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more Do needs I... to be said. Okay. It's... I'm not going to ask any questions. Yeah. There's a little shade for my seven millimeter rem mag friends there. Um, <laughs> and and he said, 300 win mag. He goes, Do you have one? And I thought, perfect opportunity for an early birthday <laughs> present. And so I, I, I called up uh, some friends of mine that are rifle builders, and I commissioned a, a 300 Winchester Magnum. And great rifle. I really should use that thing more. I don't know why I don't. So, That's just one other one sitting in your safe, huh? Yeah. And I uh, threw a 2.5 to 10 on it and uh, shooting the 190-grain factory Barnes LRX ammunition, which is mm. going mm-hmm. into the mid-29s, and it is a pl- plenty to hold on to. It's on the threshold of why did I do this? Famously accurate rifle, just absolute powerhouse. And uh, the the idea here is he wanted to have ammo compatibility with his buddies if need be. Mm. Fun little story about that. My father's probably up until that point never shot further than 120 yards in his life. And so I called another friend of mine. This is back home. I said, hey, can I borrow your range? He's got 600 yards steel out in his place. And uh, he's like, yeah, sure, whatever, you know. So we go out there and I bring a 6.5 Creedmoor and I bring a, this 300 Win Mag. And we're setting up the steel, or excuse me, he already had the seal set up, and you can see it way off there. And I'm like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna shoot the distance. And he's like, you can't shoot a gun 600 yards, like <laughs> you idiot. What are you doing? And so I get him going with the six five. He's bing 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 bing. You know, he was not shooting great, and then he was shooting really good. We'd go down, and take a couple pictures next to targets because he was proud. I said, all right, let's give that 300 Winnie a spin. And he gets on, he pulls the trigger, hits the steel, kind of like resets himself. And he's like, can you kill an elk with a 6.5? <laughs> 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 and uh, my dad's a pretty pretty big dude. And, and, uh, and I said, yeah, you can, but you're not going to. You're going to shoot this thing. And I think he brought it over to his buddy's house, and they took turns shooting it, and then they just put it away. He never killed an elk with it. <laughs> oh, no. Did they go? <laughs> they did. Yeah, okay, they, they did go. There. They okay. did kill an elk. They, they killed an elk. There's a fun backpack story with that, too. Um, he basically took a Jansport school bag with oh, him. Oh, no. I, after I That's gave perfect. him a beautiful Mystery Ranch terraplane, which he said was far too big for this, and they packed out an elk in a, <laughs> in a school bag with no frame. Let's see. I um, got my my uh, notebook, my pencils, yep. and my, my yep. elk. Yeah. But that's that's the cartridge and what it was made for. It was made for big servants, big critters like that. You know, I remember the one that I shot though that I owned for a brief period of time. It had a it had a muzzle brake on it. And it was actually not, it was a very comfortable gun. It was not too bad at all. I think it had a it had a longer barrel on it. I remember. Yep. I don't know if it was twenty four or twenty six, but it had a muzzle brake on the end, and I didn't mind it. It wasn't any worse in that case than a three hundred eight. No. I never shot it without the muzzle brake on, to be frank, but. The gun that Mark took to Alaska, there was three of a kind there. Um, they were equipped with muzzle brakes. Mm-hmm. They were a very flyweight rifle. Uh, you know, they were just over seven pounds, I think, unladen. I didn't break mine. I think I put a muzzle brake on yours. Mm-mm. I had it off. Did you take it off prior to the event? Something like that. So I didn't want it braked, and then... Anyway, you'll you have to it? you'll Why? have to watch the story, okay. but I ended, up, I, I ended up shooting Eric's rifle, which he did have the brake yeah. on. So I did... 
The rifle I killed the deer with was braked. Can I ask why? Why what? You don't want it braked? Just because I, I knew that likely something would happen. Now, I ended up shooting it with hearing protection in, but I knew that likely things happen fast, and then I never get my hearing protection in, so I didn't want to have an unbraked rifle. Or I didn't want to have a braked rifle. Mm. And it didn't bother me that much to shoot it. Mark does handle recoil very well, which we I know this. I attribute to, to his dad's strength. Um, <laughs> we know this to be Thank true you. because he's yeah. had it for how long with those uh, yeah. you know, not not heavy 300 wisdoms. Now, here's what I'd say though: every time I shoot a 6.5 Creator or a 308, I go, "Why don't I do this more often?" Yeah, yep. what a breath of fresh air! Because he likes the power, baby. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> it makes him feel That's alive. That's what it is. Wow, we kind of we ventured around here. I want to say this about the cartridge. So it's it's an old round, right? It's it's getting it's getting up there. Okay, it's 60, and Golly. and it's still, there's, you got to look hard and long to find a, a reason not to run a 300 Winchester Magnum in, in yep. today's day and age, if, especially if you're like a Western hunter. Right. Or you have any kind of distance to contend with. It, it Despite it being 60 years old, I do not believe it has slowed down appreciably there's, there's so much stuff now that will do the same job and you can argue the more efficient thing and all that but like here's one of the things that i think about like yeah. if you reload then i could see how efficiency would be a thing that you think about because you're the one having to pay for the powder to stuff in the case yep. and if you can use less of it and achieve the same whatever but if you're buying factory ammunition oftentimes these new and more uh, I guess, for at least for now, obscure cartridges that are more efficient, if you buy factory, are actually more expensive. Yep. There's so that. So in that case, it's like, who cares if it's more efficient? Yep. It's still less expensive to buy the factory stuff of a very much uh, proven 300 Win Mag. Mm-hmm. So whatever, right? I mean, I, I don't know. That's how. Yeah, it, it stands tall yet to this day. And, mm-hmm. and and really not much is going to blow it over because it is such a good round. Mm-hmm. Um, again, on the excessive side of things for many things, but better to have than and not need than to need and not have, I suppose. Sure. Um, and it, it will do kind of anything you want it to. And with the amount of, like Jim had said, you can get uh, like federal blue box ammunition, like the inexpensive stuff. Mm-hmm. All the way on up to stuff like the the trophy grade, and, super and premium. Yeah, pick your species. There's a bullet to do it in this mm-hmm. loading, mm-hmm. Uh, for certain, or in this chambering for certain. And here's one I don't think is going anywhere anytime. No, soon. I mean, like we talked about the the seven rim mag, a little bit earlier birthday, took a minute for this thing to uh, kind of catch on, but then eclipsed. Oh yeah, and then you know since then. We have the 300 WSM, which, again, I have personal affinity for. Sure. Uh, 300 rum, 300 rum and ultra mag, 30 Nosler, 300 PRC. All cartridges I really like. None of them is popular as the 300 win mag. Often often, uh, copied, I would argue, never usurped. Yeah. Yeah. And, heck, as somebody who owned and fawned over a 300 Weatherby, still own it. I'd download it to get it to 300 win mag performance to be controllable. <laughs> I was like, it was that gun was insane. Still is insane. I feel like that gun scarred you for life. It's it gets brought up in like every podcast. Oh yeah, man. Right. Yeah. It's the benchmark of ridiculousness for me. Like, mm. what was I thinking? For what you were doing with it, could be needed for somebody else. Who Look, might the 17 need that year old extra gas. Oh, 
The 17-year-old version of me convinced himself that that was the only solution. I remember there being an opportunity for a 300 win mag and saying, not enough. And so I ordered a six and three quarter pound, 300 Weatherby without a muzzle brake. Oh, now, did someone God. make that from the That's factory the, or did you create that? Uh, so it's a fun story. It was a gun that didn't exist that inquiring with the manufacturer whether or not I could get XYZ configuration to this. They're like, yeah, we can do that through the custom shop. Got it. So and you you created that monster, sort of. I mean, it was a brainchild of yours. Yeah, I mean, it was like a, the manufacturer was like, "Yeah, we would never sell this." Do you think they were like, just, "Yeah, we can make that for you"? Ugh. I'm sure they'd done it before. They put him on hold for a second. They're like, "Hey, John, check out what this guy wants." <laughs> you want to you want to beat up this kid because <laughs> yeah. we have an opportunity. You know, the funny part about it is that the first hunt that I fielded it on. I ended up killing a pronghorn, so they're all of 100 pounds, at 87 yards. <laughs> <laughs> at 87 yards. Uh, uh, so 100-pound we'll critter we'll that I, I could have killed probably with a wrist rocket um, at 87 yards. Want to see a pronghorn explode? <laughs> I shot it in the neck. It was funny. I, I could have taken this in a wrist rocket and, and killed it. But anyway, it's a, it's, a, it's a great round. I'm proud to own one. I, I always know, like... You know, you, you go through the rigmarole of like, oh, crap, what do I use on this hunt? That thing is always in the back of my mind. It's like, well, it's just ready to rock. Yeah. You're a 300 win man. Oh, yeah. And then ne- never take it. Let me ask you this, Ryan. Yeah. This is kind of like a, a one gun for the rest of your life question. But somebody says, okay, Ryan, open up the safe. You can keep one for big game. You know it's going to be something old. and No, it wouldn't. No. So th- you don't think so? No. You don't think it's his forty-five seventy? No, nope. no way. Wall. He's too practical. Yeah, there's there's three in that lineup, and I, I struggle with this because every time I get a new gun and a new chambering, like I'm all excited, and then it. and then yes. I get home, and then you, I'm like sitting in the dark wondering what I've done again. Why, Ryan? Why do you do this? It's been there. Like, it's a vicious cycle. It is. I I sit there and I'm just like, you gotta stop, man. You need to get help. <laughs> And oh then another voice says, no, it's okay. You need more. That's us. Yeah. And so these three rifles um, are a 308, a 30-06, and a 300 wind mag. Yeah. And, Fair enough. And where, where I become conflicted is I know the 308 is enough for anything I'd ever do and how I do things. The 300 wind mag on the, on the opposite side of that, that yardstick there is like, Yes, the 308 can do everything. This can do it better for all these reasons. That's your what if well, gun. Well, I was going to say, and that handles the what ifs. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, well, and then, it's a great shot. It is a little bit longer than I normally take it, but it, I mean, it's so clean. They're standing broadside, standing still in the open. It solves a lot of problems, but it does so again at at an increase of recoil cost, uh, a loss of controllability. And what I found myself gravitating towards these days personally is more and more and more control of my my firearm and firing solution. Right? And, and I agree. And you and you have those tools at your disposal. Yeah. So it's like, you know, pick the right tool for yep. the job. Yep. Uh, but if you were to do something maybe a little outside the scope of your general, you know, pronghorn hunt or mule deer hunt, yeah. you've got yeah, the right tool for the job. This hunt, not something I'd normally go on, but... Yeah. Then you reach for it. Yeah, I don't hunt elks or anything, but if I did, yet, be one, be one to do it with. Oh yeah, I got enough points for, for a couple. I think it's in the near future. Good. There's a high likelihood that that gun comes. 
I hunted, I hadn't hunted elk in a couple of years, and I did this year. Yeah. And uh, got lucky enough to get one. Yeah. Which is absolutely amazing. Uh, I credit the person I was hunting with Remy Warren on. Is he good at that? Yeah. Like, mm. if I didn't get one, I was gonna like probably quit elk hunting. Actually, I don't know. Because I'd be like, it's that's just not in the cards. For I said me. that. I said that in it's jest. I was JK, and if he hears that, I I hope he doesn't. Oh, he would man. know. He's okay. one of the best elk hunters alive yeah he uh he knows what he's doing so yeah i credit him but uh got to get one which yep. is which is cool it was fun super fun hunt i mean yeah just watching him uh do his uh do his craft in his element yep. and just the way it like it was it was really you know cool. what fun I'll, hunt. i'm gonna make myself a personal promise i'm gonna hunt my 300 win mag next year well you heard it here folks okay yeah sounds good i like it maybe for elk maybe We'll see what uh, we'll see what the tag gods provide me. Yeah, no, I'm facing a bison hunt. We checked one new one. Well, then you could use that. No, you can't do that. You can't. That's illegal. It's not. It's, it's not. To- illegal. It's totally it illegal. Be like totally a fantastic choice for that. That will be a forty-five seventy. There's no question about it. That's a nostalgia thing. What did I tell you? But but I'm, I. He's practical, but plagued by his own nostalgia. Yeah. I will have probably one or more mule deer tags in the pocket. I may have an elk tag in the pocket, may have a western bear tag in the pocket, depending. And I will make that promise here today. Jeez, dude, that's a going out year. That's a year to die year. I haven't had that since 2018. I haven't had a real, I, I hadn't had a real slammer since 2018. That was one of my best hunting years, yep. too. I, I did bear starting in September. Uh, then it was pronghorn. Then, or it was 2019. So bear, pronghorn, two mule deer hunts. Uh, and then picked, filled up the cracks and gaps with a f- couple of whitetails. Shot quite a few grouse that year. I think I shot a couple turkeys too. Ate 200 and some pounds of venison that following year. That's amazing. That yeah, was good. That was, was the year, I think I did Alaska like kind of twice. I can't remember like, you know how the season I did. Spring and the fall? So I did, uh, I think I did a, uh, a moose hunt, which was just amazing. Oh. Can't wait to, I would, I, I remember that. Love to do that again. Do you remember got what you one? said when you got back from the moose hunt? Oh, they're such large mammals. I said, I don't think I need to do that again. <laughs> and then three months later, I was like, ne- I, need, I need to do I'll that I'll never again. forget Mark just coming back. <sighs> <laughs> Blowing his bangs, you know, like they do in the infomercials <laughs> when everything is all black and white and they're dealing with all these pots and pans. That was my... <sighs> and we had, dude, we had like relatively very easy packouts and I was like I don't know about those things. <laughs> easy easy packout is put into perspective very differently when the hind quarter weighs 125 pounds. Yeah. When when the nostril is as big as a softball, yeah. you realize the scale of those things is very different than most things yeah. you yeah. chase. But uh, What an awesome card to do. I it. think I did a I think I got a blackbird that year. I shot that moose with one of these uh 301 meg brothers. That was the 300 ultra meg. Yeah. Um, nominally better from a performance standpoint but yeah that was a good year 2018 <laughs> right on let's do that again 300 winchester magnum old but not slow no nope it is uh still a fantastic viable incredibly popular option so there you have it folks happy holidays finally i can't believe it you know what you save you save the best for maybe not last but we've done a lot of these cartridge talks and it's taken us a while to get to the 300 win mag because there's a better solution. I'm not going to name names 300 wisdom. Um, you know, hold on a minute. Yeah. I don't even know if I mean that. Just so you know, we needed a heavy gun for the range certification program. 
Do you know what was selected? 300 Win Mag. That's correct. Yep. It's it's fantastic. Mm. All right. I'll finish the close. <sighs> I shouldn't have even said that. No. I don't know why. Enough. Why did I why did I stick that in there? Because you're a man of slight. Oh, terrible. All right, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed that. I did. I love the 300 Win Mag. I do. It's a fantastic cartridge. I bet a lot of you guys out there have one or more of oh, these things. That's one thing we know for sure. Could be the family cartridge where everybody in the family has one. Yep. Uh, let us know. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Did we miss anything? Let us know that as well. The good old 300 Win Mag. Tough to beat. Good for everything. Happy holidays. We'll catch you on the next one. See you.